Hey folks, I'm so excited to welcome you to the second episode of Season 3 of Sounds Like Autism, where we are virtually traveling across the country, um, seeing all the states and all the wonderful things having to do with autism in all of them. That's right. That's Josh. I'm Dave, uh, and thrilled to be here for our second stop on our virtual inclusion tour. Uh, it has been a whirlwind, and uh, I want to thank Josh for picking Florida last month. And I want to not thank Josh for picking New Jersey this month because it is freezing in New Jersey too, Josh. Yep, in, indeed, indeed. I, <laughs> I think I heard a report that there was like a couple polar bears now chilling in New Jersey. Yeah, but anyway, um, it, it's been really fun. Uh, last month with uh, EmployU and My Autism Connection, they've become good friends. We were thrilled to have them on. Yeah, right? absolutely, and thank you for being on. And just as a reminder, Josh, who are we sponsored by? We are sponsored by the Zoomiverse Remote Learning and Social Groups. Um, they are pretty cool. There's you know lots of people on it engaging social in social activities um, during this um, weird time that we're in. And uh, yeah, that's very important. And yeah, so Zoomiverse, check it out. Yeah, Josh and a lot of his friends from New York are involved. Um, but you know we're we're spreading across the nation, and so sounds like autism is we a got great some people from other states too that's right and um it, you know it's a, it sounds like autism is a great place to talk about it especially during our virtual inclusion tour Absolutely. Um, so so check it out uh the zoomiverse.com and there's gonna be more and more uh exciting stuff um going on with that all right josh so why don't we talk about our guests all right well the first one is a cafe called no limits cafe in new jersey um th this this one I found out about it kind of touched because I used to be in the food industry and I worked in several places in the food industry and different positions in there and uh, I can tell you straight up as someone on the spectrum it, it was absolutely this is just my opinion and my experience was absolutely brutal to say the very least and to hear like that there is a cafe out there who is actually being inclusive and like you know doing things differently, I just find that really amazing. And I wish that would have been in New York when I was in the um, food industry. Yeah, and we're also stopping at Words Bookstore, which is an awesome uh, independently owned bookstore in New Jersey. Uh, we've made friends with our friend Jonah, uh, and their mission is to uh, provide vocational training and employment to neurodiverse people and people with learning differences, uh, as well as encouraging literacy in their community. Which is, uh, which is also really, really important. Oh, this is great, beautiful stuff. So without further ado, um, let's bring on Katie and Stephanie Carday of No Limits Cafe. Thanks so much for being on. Yeah, thank you. So Katie and Stephanie, how about you introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about No Limits Cafe. I'm Stephanie Cartier. Okay, I'm Katie Cartier. Um, our family is the founder of No Limits Cafe a nonprofit lunch cafe in Middletown Red Bank area in New Jersey that employs 34 adults with intellectual disabilities. And um, it's going great. Our, um, our employees have risen above any expectation that we ever had of them in a short time, even during the, this entire COVID period, where we've had to shut down for three months and do retraining. And it's been, it's been really an amazing, amazing journey so far. Hey, so when did No Limit, what, 
When did No Limits Cafe open? And is there a special meaning behind the name No Limits Cafe? Because it's a great name. Uh, I will tell you that No Limits Cafe started, the whole concept started in, um, I want to say 2017, or when Katie was 18 years old and she was still in high school. Um, you can stay in high school until you're 21. And after that, that stage in a person with intellectual disabilities lives is called falling off the cliff. So my husband and I were trying to figure out something for her to do. There's not a lot of college programs. There's not a lot of um, work opportunities. So everything we thought of only helped Katie. And where we live in Monmouth County, New Jersey, there's a large population of people that are in the same boat as Katie. So we said, okay, what about a restaurant? And we've never worked in a restaurant. We only eat in them. We don't have any restaurant experience. So um, coincidentally, two weeks later, Lester Holt did a story on NBC Nightly News or whatever it's called. And um, the, his last story was about a place in Texas called Hugs Cafe, which was like what we thought we wanted to do. So we got in touch with them. My husband and I went to, to Dallas to McKinney. We worked in the restaurant for four days as volunteers. We met with their board and to see if it was something that we could do back in New Jersey. And in the meantime, we had visited many other places in the, that we could find in New York, Virginia, but Hugs really was, really their concept was what we had in mind. So right there in McKinney, Texas, we sat on a curbside and we said, all right, we can do this in New Jersey. And we we picked our name, which Katie will tell you about the name, how we got the name in a second. We picked the name, got all of the websites, Facebook, Instagram. And this is before we had a restaurant funding anything. We said, okay, let's just get this and we're committed. And as far as the name, Katie can tell you how we picked the name No Limits Cafe. Okay, um, so I kind of like named the restaurant like No Limits Cafe, and after that, my high school quote was "Don't limit me," and it's by Megan Bunger from Bonus Way, and that's why I picked that quote and I gave it to my mom. Yeah, so Born This Way is a reality TV show that was on A and E about. Um, people with Down syndrome. And Katie loved the show and her favorite character or her favorite um, person on the show was Megan Baumgars who gave her high school speech in Colorado called Don't Limit Me. And that meant something to Katie. So that was her high school quote. And so we said, okay, No Limits Cafe. And, and Megan, but we put it up and Megan Baumgars mother even wrote back and said, great name. And so it was great, right? That's for sure. We love that. That is absolutely awesome. Uh, we love unique origin stories Indeed. and uh, it, it seems to have a really uh, strong meaning behind it. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Katie, what do you think of working in the food industry and working with your mom? I like it a lot, actually, because I have a brother, um, Brian. He's our delivery guy. and my mom and my dad are the donors. And um, I was so surprised that really happened because it was part of my life. 
and I wanted my life to end with a good note as No Limbs is. My husband and I did all this, you know, with Katie in mind. And then Katie got into a college program and didn't work there. She's working in there now because she's home for a year because of COVID. So where do you go to college, Katie? I go to George Mason University in Virginia. To what's the name of your program? Mason Life Program. And it's for people with um, intellectual disabilities. For four years. Yep. So she lives there and that was a huge, so we're setting all this up and then having to send our child to college, which was very difficult to send her to another state and everything. And um, it's, it's amazing, the college program. But now because of COVID, she's home for this year. So she's working, how many days a week do you work? Uh, five days a week. Right, well, four or five. And do you like working with um, me? I kind of love working with my mom. Oh, not always. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna remind you of that next time you give me a hard time. Do you train your employees if they don't come with food experience? If so, are there on-site job coaches? We have 34 adults with intellectual disabilities. You need to be 18 or above to work there. And we have um, three salaried employees, uh, a chef, a cook, and a um, manager, and then me, whom I don't get paid. And we do all of the training for everybody. So we have an average of about 11 employees a day in, and most people work nine to four or 10 to four every day. And we train them as, as we go. Like, we learn as we go as well. Like for example, we, we have some people that come in that can cut with a knife, no problem. And we have others that come in that have never ever held a knife ever. And so we, we, have, we have all sorts of like, we have cutting gloves and all different um, tools to help people cut. And our chef, he's in the back and he's teaching everybody. He goes around and teaches everybody what they need to, what they need to do. Like, uh, some people like this is really cool some people that, that have come in that have never don't have any knife skills now they chop like experts because he teaches them one step at a time you know we have one boy like for example he'll well if he needs to learn how to chop he'll start with like say celery that's easier to chop and the pieces will be really big and that then they'll get smaller and smaller and smaller as time goes on so we also use volunteers so we have volunteers that come in every day and they assist the shelf, chef in helping the employees. Sometimes they have to do hand over hand. Sometimes they just have to stand there. Like a lot of what we do besides just training um, people in, rest, in the restaurant business is, I think the bigger picture for us is training people in life. For example, a lot of people with disabilities do not ask for help. And I think it's a lot of it is because of soft bigotry of low expectations where people think, oh, you need to do that. We don't let, like, or even our volunteers, like if someone needs their apron tied and we see it, we're not tying your apron. You, you have to ask somebody, you know, can you help me tie my apron? Or, you know, and first we'll say, try it yourself. And then, because I always think of this, like if somebody's stuck for some, say, for some reason on the side of a road, they're not going to know how to ask for help. So I think our bigger picture is besides teaching restaurant skills 
is teaching self-advocacy and letting parents, community know that everybody, that you're, that these people can do anything. They just need a little more time in training. It sounds like a really, really cool model, a little bit different than what Josh and I are used to, but that's why we talk to people from all over the country to this learn this about great. everyone's everyone's different styles of leadership and management. I and wish they had this one where um, the places I work in the food industry mm -hmm. so much. And is, in your opinion, is there one skill that employers should really be concentrating on that is often overlooked? So there's a lot of great skills. And I think to get back to your question, how we train everybody is we decide what we need to do, prepare that day. We have a board with everything on it that needs to be done. And then we have the employees. And if a volunteer is needed, they'll help go do from start to finish. And we will assist them along the way, but we want them to ask for help. That's the biggest problem. <laughs> I agree. I agree fully, I do. That's a good point. If there's a message you could share with the whole world about employing people who think differently, what would it be? I tell the world anything, I just say like, just be yourself, be confident, and whatever you do, just don't give up. Let your kids go for it, let, like, let them try things, and I know it's scary, believe me, I know, but let them, let them fly. Well, thank you both so, so much for being on. Thank you. Uh, and, um, Katie and Stephanie, uh, we're so glad to become friends with you both. But and, also, uh, I just want to... And again, I know I said before, but as someone who I've been in this industry before, um, and, and to see a different take on it, like this, um, I I am generally appreciative of this contribution what you guys are doing. So thank you very very much. Thanks so much. Bye. 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 All right. Next up, I'm so excited to have Words Bookstore on Jonah from Words Bookstore. Uh, Words is a independently owned bookstore in New Jersey um, that is uh, a friend of ours and Spectrum Designs Foundation. And uh, as soon as I found out that we were doing New Jersey, plenty of people uh, suggested Words, but I also knew that we had to reach out. Um, so, Jonah, thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Um, Tell us about Words Bookstore and what, what makes you different from other bookstores. So Words Bookstore was founded in 2009. My wife and I, uh, Ellen and I founded it. Um, and we're a little bit different from other bookstores because we have a special social mission, which is to provide jobs and vocational training opportunities for young people with autism. And I think that pretty much differentiates us from the other 2,500 independent bookstores across the country. Wow. So Jonah, can you tell us a bit about your story and how did words come about? And also what was the inspiration? I had uh, been a practicing lawyer uh, and then also worked for a nonprofit when our second child, Daniel, was diagnosed with autism and it soon became apparent that um, one of us would have to stay home uh, to help run his home program. And so my wife and I talked it over and she stayed at work and I became a stay-at-home dad. And I did that for about six years. And we had had a lot of trouble getting Dan into the right school, which fortunately we were eventually able to find a special needs school. But 
we saw that adult services, particularly at that time, were really a problem. And we decided we really wanted to do something about that. Uh, he had reached a point where I could go back to work. So um, at age 50, I went back to business school um, and got a degree with a specialty in social enterprise. And I came out of it uh, after graduating and was planning to do things like provide consulting services to people who employed people with autism. When my wife uh, came up with this idea, she saw that the little bookstore in town was closing, was right when the financial crisis was hitting. It was the end of 2008, and the financial crisis at that time. And she said, why don't we buy the bookstore? Why don't you run it? And why don't we use that as, as a real life vocational training place? We talked about opening up kind of a theory, an academic or a quasi-academic vocational training center, but instead she thought we could do actual on-site training in the business. And that's how we came into being. We love hearing, I know I, I said it for No Limits as well when we were speaking to them, we love hearing origin stories and how things come about. And yeah. a lot of the best and most exciting enterprises just came about, uh, have come about a, a lot like yours with uh, parents that knew that um, they wanted to see a better world for their kids. Yeah, because um, you start with that strong passion and like if you start with a strong passion, like a strong foundation, you're good. So another question. Why is a bookstore a good choice for a social enterprise? It's very unique. I'm just curious. I like it. So that's a great question about bookstores. A bookstore is really the heart of community, and that's really what we're about is community. And I should say really that we really have twin missions that go hand in hand. One, you know, because we're talking with you folks, is talking about our autism mission, but our other mission is really just serving the community and serving the literary needs of the community. Um, I know this was during the Obama campaign and, and President Obama had been a community organizer and I was very moved by his message and what he was trying to do. And we were fortunate that um, my, our wife, my wife's job was not severely impacted by the downturn and we felt like we really wanted to give back to the community and we thought that losing the bookstore would be really harmful and this would be a great way to serve everyone in the community. And also to really preach, uh, Maple's a very diverse town uh, in terms of, in many ways, um, uh, socioeconomically, racially, we've had a very long, strong tradition of LGBTQ uh, community and families in town and, and international, a lot of other things. And we felt uh, it was something we really wanted to contribute to and, and also add um, people with autism and other uh, issues to the mix. Do you consider employing a neurodiverse workforce to be an asset? Our, um, we believe that having a, uh, people with different strengths and challenges actually really strengthens our workforce, our commitment to inclusion, um, not just among our staff, but among customer, very importantly, among our customer base. And that's a critical part of our, our mission and what we do um, really does help make the place, make improve everyone's commitment. We have a long-term commitment of, of all our staff to working in, in at Words. And we believe that that really strengthens how we're perceived in the community. Um, we have made a commitment really having said that, 
we really do serve as just a traditional bookstore rather than um, highlighting too much exactly what we're what we're doing in the autism space. So many of our customers don't even really know too much about our autism mission. That that's great, because I I also I just want to say you know. As someone who's, who's been in different fields, like I've been in um, retail, I've been in the food industry, I've been in lots of stuff. Um, lots of times in the past, when they have a, someone neurodiverse, um, they'll just they'll say, oh yeah, here is a job, and they'll just put you in the back. And they'll just say, yeah, we, um, we're neurodiverse, we have lots of people, but they really don't check in or anything. So this is, this is nice, you're actually seeing people actually stepping up and going the full way. So things like this are so critical and crucial um, to the future of work in the nation. What supports do you have in place in order to ensure your workforce is fully supported and productive? Job coaching is a critical element to what we do. Um, while we have, um, while we have people with special needs working on our staff, we do most of our work actually with trainees that come with school programs or day programs, and they bring job coaches. And what I've found over the years is that the quality of the job coach is really uh, critically important. In fact, I would say the most important issue in terms of how successful we are. The type of challenges that the people have, and we tend to work with the more severe end of the spectrum, we can work with almost anyone if we have the right job coach. And if we have the wrong job coaches, then quite honestly, it doesn't work very well, no matter what we try or what the people's challenges are. As someone who uh, has employed and um, trained and supported job coaches for a really long time, uh, I 100% agree. Um, the, the passion is important and mission is important. And sure. I think that that's something that we need to instill in our support people from the jump from the very beginning uh, and as long as you have that as long as you have that passion and you're behind the why the why of, of, of why you're there um, I think that you know you're gonna be okay um, and and if you're not in it if you're just in it for a check it's not gonna work yeah um, um, then go to like Wall Street or something <laughs> you know you'll probably find a bigger one there. <laughs> <laughs> that that said, Jonah, um, this has been incredible. Uh, we just we want to give you a platform. Um, yeah. What's something that you want to share with the world about your mission of getting neurodiverse people to work? One of the things that I'd love to share because it's not just what we do at the bookstore, but uh, my wife and her consulting business has also employed um, people with special needs in her office um, and it's had a tremendous positive impact on her office in terms of once again of getting everyone to feel committed to the organization to feel like they're doing something good and to um, have one of the things that she's noticed in some of her meetings is sometimes people with with some challenges ask more pointed more direct questions and she's actually very happy that people ask it because sometimes the neurotypical people are embarrassed or reluctant to ask the question that's really on everyone's mind. So in general, we've, we've all found it only to be a positive. So one last thing, how can people support Words Bookstore? And like, how do they find you guys? 
But the best way to help us would be to shop at our website, wordsbookstore.com. Uh, we also just signed up for something called Bookshop. And if that's easier, you can shop through Bookshop. But it would be great for people around the country to buy their books from us. Um, we do ship all over, the, all over the country and all over the world. So that would be terrific. And please come visit us in Maplewood, New Jersey. We also have a second store that we've opened in Lifetown. New Jersey and Lifetown is really a spectacular place. I recommend everyone look at that as well, lifetown.com. Jonah, thank you. This has been a really awesome conversation and we're so glad to be in touch. Uh, and we hope to stop by and I don't read, but I'll, buy, read. I'll buy a book, I'll buy a book. That's yeah, or order one, I mean. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's our pleasure. We hope to see you soon. That was an awesome conversation with Jonah and we were also so happy to have Katie and Stephanie on for No Limits Indeed. Cafe. Indeed. Um, incredible. Um, so, you know, it's amazing, you know, going from state to state, seeing like what each one offers and brings to the table. It, it's it's pretty unique uh, because, you know, lots of times, you know, the news doesn't recover all this stuff, but when you really dig deep and you find this, like, wow, this is pretty neat. This is awesome. It's important. It's an important Yeah, it is. It's an important conversation to have. Um, and that said, Josh, where do you want to go next month? Well, as an avid consumer of hot sauce, I would love to stop by Louisiana. Awesome! I've never been there, have you? No, but I've consumed so much hot sauce, I feel like I've been there. Okay, cool. You know? Well, we don't know much about the have state. Have you ever had Tabasco hot sauce? It's incredible. Tabasco hot sauce is from Tabasco, Mexico. No, not, no it's not. It's Louisiana. McKinley, McKinley, Louisiana.